Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv. And we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. All right, all right. Welcome to New Hope Church. <laughs> Y'all are kind, man. Y'all are kind. Uh, welcome to 88 Campus, Friendswood Campus, Alvin Campus, Webster Campus, Online Campus, everybody joining us today. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, weird year, but hopefully you found some things to be thankful for. And I want to thank you for your prayers. If you don't know and you don't know and you're brand new and you're like, wow, they really applaud the pastor. That's so unusual. Um, I had COVID and... Um, you know, it, it wasn't a bad case, so, so don't feel too sorry for me. It was a very mild case. Had a fever for eight, eight or ten days, I don't remember, and, uh, which is no fun. Fevers are no fun, but uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad, okay? It wasn't life-threatening for me. I know it's different for some people, but it wasn't for me. But just so you know, I still used it to my advantage over my family. Um, <laughs> I saw that my daughter, while I was, you know, having a fever and everything, I saw my daughter posted on Instagram that she had broken a nail. Seriously. Close up of her fingernails, broken nail, and I, I commented, I said, I'm so sorry about your nail, honey. I have COVID. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you to the prayers of my church family and the power of God. I stand before you completely well today. Not only that, I have antibodies. So I'm like a mighty morphin power ranger or something, but uh, good to be back in church. I'm, I'm a tad bit unsure of my energy levels because I've been taking like a lot of naps, so uh, hopefully I won't doze off during the sermon, but I'm going to try to be brief today more so than, more so than usual. But uh, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball today because t today... What we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be going through the fruits of the Spirit, and we're supposed to be in the final, the final fruit. Actually, they're all one fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not plural, but we're supposed to be in the final thing, the final one, the final characteristic that was mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23, which is self-control. So I've been working hard on self-control this past week, trying to get a sermon together. But what I'm, what I'm going to do instead today is I'm going to, I'm going to try to live by the Spirit today, um, as I always do, but I'm going to try. And the reason I'm saying this is because <clears throat> even though there was a lot of work done on the sermon that was supposed to take place today, late this week, I put that sermon aside because, uh, one, I couldn't get it to come together, and that's preacher stuff that I'll explain to you another day, but um, normally I would write about eight pages or so for sermon, and I was up to like 24 pages, and it still wasn't what I wanted it to be. I could not get it dialed in. And so I kept having this reoccurring thought go through my head that I just need to talk about being thankful, be about gratitude today. And, and, and you know, at first I really resisted that because I was like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. It's so predictable, Tim. You know, preach the word, man. Don't, don't be so predictable. And, but I kept thinking about it, I kept thinking about it. And so my final thought and why I changed up toward the end of the week to, to tell you what I'm going to tell you today is um, that 
I feel like 2020, 2020, which is a year that has been difficult for many people. I saw in the news the other day, one news site described it as a dumpster fire, the dumpster fire of 2020. I thought, what a, what a perfect test for us when it comes to gratitude. Because it's easy to be thankful when everything's going well, correct? It's easy to be grateful when everything's going great. But it's a whole lot more difficult to be grateful when things are not going so well. And so here we are in 2020, a little tougher than maybe normal years would be for a lot of us. But uh, we, have a, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to be able to be grateful to God even in the middle of this circumstance that we're in right now. So let's try that on for size today, okay? So I wanna work from this scripture just to begin with, and then, and then I've, I've got a story for you in Luke chapter seven. If you wanna go ahead and turn there, if you're on your Bible app, or if you've got the listening guide, I don't know if they mentioned that, but if you wanna get the listening guide and follow along, text LG, LG to 642-123. And you can get the listening out with all these scriptures on it. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So would you do me a favor at all of our campuses and read this out loud with me, please? Okay? Are you ready? Okay, so let's read it out loud. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I have a question for you, and it's not a trick question. What does all include? Yeah, it includes everything. It includes all things, all right? So in all circumstances. So it's not a stretch for me then to say that we're supposed to give thanks in 2020. I, I, would, would you agree with that, that we can say that? So, so let's do that. Let's change it. With, we're going to change it from the NIV version to no version at all. And I want, you to, I want you to read this with me, okay? Give thanks in 2020, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Doesn't really flow off the tongue like the other version does, does it? But it's true. It's true, and I had a whole lot of time to think about it as I was wearing, I, I, don't ask me why, but when I get a fever, I'm a baby when I get a fever, so I wear a sweatsuit, you know? Like, there's probably the worst thing you can do but I'm wearing a sweatsuit and I'm sweating like crazy and shivering all over, got two blankets on me, got my head underneath the blankets. And so I had plenty of time to think about this kind of stuff. And what well, there was, <laughs> you know, what, do, what can I be thankful for now? <laughs> okay. So what's wild about this though, in this verse, you can see it there, is this is what God wants. He says it right there in the verse, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You might already know this, but exercise that isn't hard isn't helpful. You know, the best exercise, the, the one that benefits you most and you get the most gains from is exercise that's a little bit difficult. That'd have to be real difficult, but a little bit difficult. And so thinking that way, I think this would be a good opportunity for us to exercise our faith with gratitude just based on the year that we have been going through. And so from Luke chapter 7, I want to I want to teach you today with some words from Jesus, and I hope that they'll change you like uh, I think they have the potential to change all of us, okay? So let me give you the first point, and then we'll get into the text. If you're taking notes, first point is this, just some 2020 grateful thoughts. 
If you think you deserve something, you won't be as grateful when you get it. Like if you think that somebody owes you something, then when you finally get that, you won't be grateful. You'll be like, okay, now it's back to the way it's supposed to be. And the reason that I want to start here is because when we get through this year, and we will, do you know that? When we get through this year, and maybe things start to return to what? Normal, that people will say, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be, and if it's the way that they believe it's supposed to be, like they deserve the way it's supposed to be, they deserve normal, then they're not going to be grateful for it because that's what is expected. That's what they're entitled to. And I'm just going to tell you something. When you think you're entitled to something, you're not as grateful when you get it. Back when I used to answer the phone at church, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but uh, church is very small. I'm sitting in the office. <clears throat> I'm the dude answering the phone. Thanksgiving week, somebody calls up and they, they ask this question. They said, can you prepare and bring Thanksgiving dinner to my house for my family. I was like, you, you wouldn't believe the things that the people at church get asked on the phone. It's incredible. And you just ask the girls uh, at our church that answer the phone now, and they have a lot of stories. But that's the question that was asked of me. Will you make Thanksgiving dinner and bring it over to the house for me and my family? I was like, well, excuse, excuse me? Um, and it was ironic to me for a couple of reasons. One is I cannot cook. I don't cook. I cannot cook. I can eat. And uh, yesterday at our Thanksgiving gathering that we had yesterday, um, I ate. But I, I hate to say it, I didn't prepare one thing. I didn't, I didn't help at all because I've had COVID. So <clears throat> I didn't even get the bottles of water for anybody. I was just like, hey, help yourself. Um, but anyway, I don't, I don't cook, so it was ironic that they would be asking me to cook on the phone. I don't cook. And secondly, uh, a holiday that you're supposed to be grateful for the things that you have, I've got somebody on the phone that feels they're entitled to that which they do not have, and it doesn't make sense. And I will tell you this, though, I believe a whole lot of the problems in the world would cease immediately if we would just be grateful for what God has given us. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, there's a section entitled, Jesus Anointed by a Sinful Woman, which you're going to see is, wow, all kinds of irony here, because when this happens, uh, Jesus is actually in the home of a Pharisee. And his name is Simon. He's a religious leader of the day. And so sinful woman and Pharisee don't go together. But here they are in the same home together. Simon's house, the Pharisee's house. Back in the day when you arrived at somebody's house, normally what would happen is your feet would be washed. That was just a hospitality thing that they did back in the day. I can't think of anything to compare to it nowadays other than if you were wearing a coat, somebody might take your coat. But back in the day, open-toed shoes, dusty roads, you get to somebody's house, it was just a common courtesy to wipe their feet down, take off their sandals, and then they could enter into the house. And, but on this occasion, there was no foot washing taking place, at least not by Simon the Pharisee. Apparently, someone left the door open because in comes this sinful woman and then we have some beautiful teaching from Jesus on forgiveness, on gratitude, on loving much, teaching which I hope changes all of us today. Beginning 
at verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisees. Jesus went to the Pharisees' house and reclined at the table. And the reason I want to make a note of this is I, I need you to get the, the picture in your head, okay? If you invited Jesus over to your house for dinner, he would be seated upright at a chair. But back in the day, the tables were like low riders. They were slammed on the ground. And people would actually lay or recline toward the table, propping themselves on their elbow or two or on a pillow with their feet pointed away from the table. So you'd have all these people laying around the table, eating and talking. And the food, it makes sense. The food is so close to your face, you know, you can just eat away. And that's how they would often eat back in the day, most of the time. And so Jesus is reclined at the table which will make the rest of this make sense as we go through it, okay? In comes a sinful woman. It's verse 37, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came in there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And just so you know, lived a sinful life is code for prostitute. So here's a prostitute standing behind Jesus at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them, wiped his feet with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. So you can imagine it now, hopefully, and it makes more sense that she's crying, and as she's crying, her tears are falling on Jesus' feet, which would be hard if he was, you know, had his feet underneath the table and so forth. So this makes sense, right? So he's laying there. She's weeping. She's distraught, the Bible says. Her tears are falling, and they're falling on his otherwise dirty feet. And you can just see, maybe in your mind's eye, those tears cutting a trail through the dust on his feet. And there's so, much, so, so many tears there. Now that she gets down and takes down her hair and begins to wipe his feet clean, and this is wrong on so many levels because back in the day, a woman who wasn't your wife wasn't supposed to touch you. So there's strike one. Strike two, she was a prostitute. Okay, that's strike two, three, four, five, and six. And, and then the, uh, the final strike would be that she takes her hair down, which was risque back in the day. And so she's, here she is in this religious leader's home. She's breaking all of these religious and cultural norms and rules. And she is weeping at Jesus' feet. And, and it's all very awkward. And it's in the home of this elite religious leader. And he's not okay with it. He's not okay with it. And so he makes a judgment about Jesus. And, and not about the woman. She was a prostitute. That's not a judgment. That's reality. But he makes, a, he makes a judgment about Jesus based on the woman. Okay? Verse 39. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this happening, okay, with this woman, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she is a sinner. So if Jesus really is a prophet, he would know, and he would implied here, he would tell her to get away. Because the, the Pharisees thinking it's okay for me to be with Jesus because I'm a decent, upstanding citizen. I deserve this visit. This makes sense, but it doesn't make sense when she's a sinner and here she is, a little too close, in my home, touching Jesus in public. This is not right. And so you think about it. He feels like he's deserving of Jesus' time and attention, and she is not. I'm going to tell you something today, guys. 
The day that we wake up and think that we deserve all that God has done for us because we are so good and that someone else does not deserve what God has done because they're not as good as us, that's the day we cease to be grateful for all that Jesus has done, which is the day that we also forfeit our future blessings that God wants to give us in our lives. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you've been in your life. I don't care how many stars you have by your name and how many verses you've memorized. If you've sinned one time, and you have at least, if you've sinned one time, you were just in need, as in need of a Savior, as someone who makes their living by sinning. Because, because, because the Bible says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, all, all of us. Isaiah 53, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, meaning Jesus, the iniquity of us all. So all of us have sinned, which means at one time, all of us were lost, which means all of us needed what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, which means we were all in the same boat as the worst sinner that we know today, which means when we see someone who needs God, we don't look down on them because they are where we once were. We thank God that we're not there anymore, and we do what we can to help that person find Jesus too. And by the way, if I'm talking to somebody today who, like you're in church today, you're one of our campuses, you've joined us online or something, and, and you're thinking, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't deserve to be in church. I mean, uh, I, everybody else maybe, you know, because there's so many good people in church, and, but I don't, I'm not as good, and so I don't deserve to be here. Just first of all, let me say, we got you fooled. We got you fooled because not one of us is perfect. Somebody say amen and back me up on that. Amen. Not one of us is perfect. But I also want to say this to you today. If you don't think that you deserve to be in church because you've sinned and you've got sin on your record, I just want to say, come on in, man, and welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Because we have a Savior who could take away every sin. Amen? Amen. You guys grateful for Jesus? Yeah. Amen. All right, so let's keep moving here. Number two, when you realize how much God has done for you, you'll be more loving. It's like a natural thing. When you realize how much God's done for you, you'll just be more loving. Uh, as, I, as I said, we, we actually had our Thanksgiving yesterday. We had a member of our family that got sick, and it wasn't me. I recently had COVID. <laughs> I don't mean to make a joke out of it, but I'm okay. All right, so... Um, but they, they got sick, and so they got tested and all that, and it turns out they were uh, tested negative, and they got better. So we just we kind of moved things to yesterday, and, and we, do, we do what we do every time we get together, and my mom and dad were there, and all three of my kids and their significant others and grandkids and so forth. And, but we just sit around the table, and it used to be where it was kind of we had to start it. You know, I'm going to start, and we're going to go this way, and we just want to say one thing you're thankful for. And my family's so good. I have such a wonderful family that they just, it just starts happening in, in the meal. And it was beautiful as 
we just spent that time talking about things that we were grateful for. And I don't know if you know this, but even in 2020, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, you could take a piece of paper out and you could write all the things to not be thankful for in 2020. And there would be a few things on that list. <laughs> Quite a few. But the truth is, the more you look, the more you can find things that we can be thankful for. And it was beautiful, my family just talking about, you know, family. And, and here's, here's the deal. Gratitude and love go together. And I think probably every single person at the table yesterday mentioned family and mentioned other people that they were thankful for. And there was just a lot of love around the table. Love for, love for Jesus, number one, and, but love for one another. Because gratitude, love, those things go together. And remember here in our story, the Pharisees watching this whole situation with, not with love, not with gratitude, with indignation. He thought to himself, you know, Jesus, are you, you really who you say you are? If you were anything other than a man, you would know who this is that's touching you and you would tell her to get out of here, that this is not right, this, is, this can't be happening here, and this is not something you want to be seen, you're a person you want to be seen around. But the Bible says that Jesus read his thoughts, which is why I always tell you guys, be careful what you think around Jesus. Jesus read his thoughts and proceeded then to tell him a story, and this is verse 40 and following. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. <clears throat> Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50 denarii. And if uh, a denarii, uh, long story short here, another, another parable in the Bible that Jesus told, um, uh, a denarii was uh, paid for one day's work to a day laborer. So you can kind of get the idea. So one, one working man's day rate, okay? But here it's 500. So one guy owed this other guy 500 denarii. The other guy owed the same guy 50 denarii. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So what did he do? He forgave the debts of both of them. And then Jesus asked this question. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus said, bingo, you've judged correctly. So Simon wanted Jesus to do something about this woman. And Jesus did. He defended her. He didn't throw her under the bus. He didn't kick her out of the house. He made sure that Simon knew why she was there. And Jesus says, if you've been, here's how it works. If you've been forgiven a whole lot, you're going to love much. And honestly, I think that's the reason that we have such a loving church. We do have a loving church, you know. I mean, it's hard for us lately because we've got masks on and we've got to stay away from each other and all that. But we'll get back to those days when it's a lot of hugging going on at church. And we've had people, so many people throughout the years tell us, the church is so friendly. I came in, I felt like I was at home. That's the, like the number one compliment that we get. I came in and I felt like I, was, I got home when I walked through the door. And it's because our people are so incredibly loving. And I think the reason that our people are so loving is because we know we've been forgiven a lot. 
And so we're grateful. A few years back, I'm not going to give you too many details because it doesn't help, right, anything. But a few years back, I'm in a store. I, a, 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 a staff member of another church sees me and comes up and engages me in conversation, which is not highly unusual, but it was unusual what happened on that particular day. As they're engaging me in conversation, they're smiling, but they're saying like negative things about our church and about some people in our church. And, but they were smiling, so it was like real passive-aggressive. It was confusing me, you know? It's like they're smiling, and it looks like they're being nice to me, but what they're saying, the content of their words is kind of harsh here, and I don't know if I appreciate this, so I just, you'd be proud of me. I handled it great. I didn't punch them or anything. And uh, later that day, I did go toilet paper the church building where they worked, and I'm kidding, I didn't do that either. But later on in the day when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, that, what, what was that? Why did, they, why did they feel comfortable saying those things to me today? And I was kind of blown away. But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what somebody else thinks because I know that our church family's not perfect. I didn't need somebody else to tell me that. I'm not perfect. Our church family's not perfect. But one thing we get right, and Jesus said it's the most important thing, is this. We love much. We love much. And that's why our church is known for loving people. That's why, like all those kids that needed a little help this Christmas, I don't know how many there was, hundreds and hundreds of kids who needed gifts this year, all of them have been taken care of. And so we added a ton more. And as far as I know, because they're not even announcing it anymore, all of those kids were taken care of because you guys just love so much. And then we got our year-end missions offering, which you guys always hit a home run on that, with, which is going to help a number. They talked about three today, but a number of different missions organizations that preach and teach and serve and, and give people Jesus. And you guys help and you give and you serve and you love because, I think, because you know how much God has done for you. And I appreciate that. Then number three. If you're grateful, it's going to show. Gratitude is not just something that we think about. It's not just something that we might converse about with someone. Gratitude is something that shows up in our lifestyle. Now, verse 44 comes right after the little mini story that Jesus told about the guys being forgiven and loving much and so forth. And verse 44 says, Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon. So I want you to picture this. So the woman is where? At his feet. At his feet. Okay, so she's at the other end. So he's facing the table where the food is, and Simon undoubtedly is at the table. And so he looks at the woman. He turns, so you can see him kind of on one elbow now, turned back looking at the woman who's anointing his feet and washing his feet and pouring perfume on his feet. And, and then he talks to Simon while he's looking at the woman. Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, which is customary, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. 
You did not give me a kiss, which is customary. When you walk through the door, you get one of those kind of bear hugs and kiss on the cheeks. But this woman, you didn't do that, but this woman from the time I've entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put any oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves a little. Here's a very brief mention of her perfume here. And just to get it out here, perfume was very important in her line of work. Do I need to say more? But what it did in this situation is it represented her means of making a living. And yet now she takes that perfume and she opens it and she pours it on Jesus' feet. It's as if she's saying, things are changing today. Things are different today. Everything now belongs to Jesus. And for us, there's got to come a day when we finally understand what God has done for us and it begins to show up in us giving up some of the things that maybe we used to do. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times at this church. Jesus loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay there. And so he wants to bring you into something new, into something better. And honestly, since forgiveness turns to gratitude and gratitude shows up, if nothing has changed on the outside, pretty valid question to ask is, has anything changed on the inside? Because gratitude shows up. Verse 48. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say, um, say among themselves, who is this guy who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It was obvious that her faith was real. Why? Because it moved her to action. So, got a question for you. Are you grateful? Even in the middle of, toward the end here of 2020, are you grateful? Are you grateful for what God has done? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. That includes 2020. You know that, right? So, have you looked and have you found things to be grateful for? I was making a list early, early this morning, and obviously not an exhaustive list, but I have a few. I just jotted down. Things that I'm, some of them are things I'm grateful for that I wasn't really even aware of before. Here's one doctors and nurses. You grateful? Absolutely. How about this healing? Thank you, Lord, for healing. And here's one that. I've been thankful for for a long time, but more so recently in this year, police. I'm thankful for the police. And the reason I say that is because there's a movement. I don't think it's a large movement. I think it's not a lot of people, but very vocal people that are talking about defunding and getting rid of the police and so forth. But I'm just going to tell you, I'm grateful that I can pick up this phone right now or anytime when I'm in trouble and I can make one phone call and someone who's a lot braver than me will be there to help me. Are you grateful for that? I'm grateful for, 
I'm grateful for our military. You think, you think about that even in this year when things have been going a little bit haywire, we haven't had to worry about enemy threats from outside because we have people that are standing in harm's way 24-7 for us. Thankful for our church family. I miss you guys. Can't wait to hug you. I do have antibodies. <laughs> so technically I could hug you, but only one person I'd have to go take a bath after that. Uh, I'm thankful for technology. Technology, being able to still get together with people online. I know it's not totally the same, but it is something that the Lord has helped us to use, especially now with our online campus. Hey, guys, watching from all over the world. We have a young lady I saw it the other day from Finland. I don't know if she's watching right now, but how you doing? And she said this is the first church she's ever felt at home in. And she lives in Finland. Go figure that out. So technology and what God is doing through technology in our church. I'm thankful for personal freedoms, freedom of religion that we have here in this country. Thank you, Lord, for that. I'm thankful that we have the, the freedom to gather. And I have friends in some states, they can't get together. Churches can't get together. But here, socially distanced and being careful, we can get together. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful, and I haven't been doing much of this, but travel. I'm thankful that we can move about freely in this country. And there will come a time when that happens more and more. And I'm thankful for time with our family. In fact, that's what one of my kids said, and then another one reiterated it, that if it wasn't for COVID, it wasn't for the lockdown and all that that's happened, they probably would not have spent as much time as they did with their family. And that someday, years from now, they're going to look back on this time with gratitude. There's some good things. There's some things to be thankful for. I got one more for you. Jesus. Because of him, not one person at church today has to go to hell when they die. They don't have to be separated from God. You don't have to live a Christless eternity without God. You can go to heaven for one reason. Jesus. And if you don't know him today, now's the time. Won't you stand with me, please? If you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.